Hello and welcome to Episode Party, a podcast where we talk about some of our favourite podcasts. I'm Freddie Harrison. I'm Jack Tudor. And this episode we are joined by writer, podcaster and creator of the wonderful Unexplained, Richard McLean-Smith. Hey Richard, how are you doing? Hello, very good, thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. It's a real pleasure to have you on. Uh, Jack and I have both uh, enjoyed your podcast very much after we discussed it back in episode 37, I believe it was, with Zachary Corsa. Um, So uh, it's a real pleasure to have you. Right, we'll dive in with our first recommendation, which is which is mine this this episode and this is a podcast uh called everything is alive which the name alone i think sounds intriguing enough but um it was one of these podcasts that i've it's popped up it's it's fairly new but a lot of people were kind of recommending it and saying something like the the premise of it sounds weird but you you, you know you'll definitely enjoy it and i i, I I'm almost annoyed to say that 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 is a hundred percent correct, <laughs> at least for me, which is that it is a really weird premise. And the first time you listen to it, you you kind of think, is this really happening? Is this what's happening right now? But it, you find yourself very quickly kind of falling into it um, in a really good way. So the show itself is an unscripted interview show in which all the subjects are inanimate objects. So in each episode, a different thing uh, talks about its life story, where it is right now what it feels a little bit about um the politics surrounding its space geography physical attributes whatever you want to say and i just find it like a really funny little podcast in a really good way that sounds really patronizing i don't want to sound patronizing it's 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 so well done and it's so brilliant um the 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 host um who who produces it and writes it ian shalag is is brilliant and he has a different guest on um each each time to voice this inanimate object and actually i think the first few times i listened to it i was kind of trying to work out whether it was completely unscripted and and completely kind of you know improvised or whether they'd actually sat down and scripted it because they go into some really interesting details and uh, generally every show kind of goes off on this sort of factual tangent um so i think the episode i chose and recommended was paul and who is a tooth and uh <laughs> paul starts talking about exploding teeth and they get on this guy called thomas morris who explains a little bit more about that and he's are in a book about these sorts of things but every episode is a little bit different and that little bit is is a little bit different as well there's a wonderful episode with a jack-o'-lantern or a pumpkin if you're here in the uk um and uh, which was perfectly timed around halloween and that talks about how uh, i can't remember what country it is now but there's a country where pumpkins are a symbol of rejection so if you ask someone to marry you or go out with you and you get given a pumpkin that is rejection which i find like a really interesting <laughs> thing but i like the fact that the conversation starts off with this kind of casual almost too casual conversation for 
a can a conversation with inanimate objects i think i'd be more impressed or more weirded out if an inanimate object started talking to me and then it gradually goes into this kind of factual bit and then meanders back again to you know a, a really normal conversation there's a really good one with a grain of sand as well where there's a whole discussion point about how you refer to yourself are you a single grain of sand are you referring you know do you refer to yourself as a, as a group or all the grains of sand you know one sand I, it was it was really i just i i mean <laughs> I, you know it's fictitious and and it, and it, and it's silly in a way but in a way that i just found really really endearing and i really really enjoyed it I'm going to shut up about it now. Jack, what, what, what did you think? <laughs> well, yeah, I came across this one. I think it was on the Discover screen on Pocket Casts. And I was intrigued by the artwork because it didn't look like a kind of podcast artwork, especially not one associated with Radiotopia with all those vibrant colours and sharp lines. So already it's quite disarming as soon as you've pressed subscribe. And actually the first episode I listened to was about Lewis the Can of Cola, which... I really enjoyed and as soon as I kind of got wind of what the premise was going to be within the first two minutes because I didn't really know up until that point I was like surely this doesn't have legs beyond like 10 minutes and (laughs) what I really love is that I mean firstly Ian Chillark has definitely sat down beforehand with a pen and pad and thought what are all the things that i would ask a can of cola if i could like what (laughs) what are the interactions that someone has with cola what place do they hold in human culture and what are the things that maybe if that can of cola did have a mind what would they think about you know their place and how they're they're treated i mean that episode ended in something quite surreal and uh, frankly also as well a little unsettling where basically it revolves around the fact that lewis is a bit upset that he's never been drunk by anyone (laughs) and there's this strange almost idea that to to be drunk is to be accepted but then it's it's also kind of a form of of death and then there's a question of (laughs) to whether like lewis is the can or whether he's the the cola and then in amongst that there's also this really strange like almost kind of sensual intimacy that goes on as he's being drunk which uh, was the point where i was like now this is feels very odd but i'm so glad that if you're going to go down this rabbit hole and you're going to make your podcast about half hour long um make it really weird like get it to the (laughs) point where even the people involved are maybe like don't know if we should be going here um i enjoyed that one i enjoyed i think those factual tangents that you refer to freddie are really interesting and uh it's it's funny you mentioned the fact that it kind of gradually makes that journey into the fact I think a lot of the time, actually, they mention an offhand comment and then the phone, you hear the phone ringing and it kind of quickly cuts to a conversation with someone entirely different. It's a really strange feature. But do you know what? If again, like I think the fact that the podcast stars itself as an oddball means that it can get away with a lot of that stuff. I think it is one that doesn't stir uh, I mean, apart from that, that can of cola one, the ending part of that kind of definitely i don't know it it definitely got me um there haven't been episodes that i've listened to since that have sort of 
really shaken me up in the same way. I mean, I, I'm not sort of like laughing hysterically. I, I sort of have a nice little smile on my face as I'm hearing yeah. it all unfold. I, obviously, I respect anyone who's got the ability to improvise like they do, and these things are unscripted. And I think the responses that they are, uh, the, the people, the guests are coming back with are just absolutely spot on. They've always got something to say. And you, you do think, I think, if you're like me with no improvisatory skills, you do think, well, I, I, I would have been in stony silence at that point because you know i'd be frozen in thought about what a tooth would say but you know they (laughs) they all manage it really well and i think that's because they're you know seasoned improvisers so i enjoyed it i don't think i'm going to go too much further with it i think i've got out of it a a really enjoyable podcasting experience but um yeah richard what did you think yeah i mean i agree with everything you both said but the first thing i would say is that um i i suppose i have a, a bit of an admission to make so i don't listen to that many podcasts uh <laughs> so it was quite a, a challenge i thought it might be quite a challenge coming on your show to talk about other podcasts and then of course when you said that you were recommending uh a podcast each that made it sort of somewhat easier um and one of the reasons why why one of the reasons why i don't listen to podcasts so much or at least as much as i used to before i started making one was because i get jealous very easily very easily about great <laughs> ideas that i haven't had myself and i felt i felt that this one was exactly one of those situations i just thought it was such a brilliant concept yeah. and you know in in such an oversaturated market now uh, you know for want of a better word about podcasting you know it's very difficult to conceive of an original idea and i just thought this was so such a sort of wonderful premise and i'm glad that i didn't look too much into it before you suggested it, freddie and you'd said it was quite a strange one and just to give it time so i really didn't know what to expect at all um and then as the the Paul the Tooth started speaking, you know, it sort of becomes apparent quite quickly what what's going on. But I uh, was just really, I don't know, I, I I was I was on a walk when I was listening to it, and I just I just derived so much pleasure from the experience of of having this character kind of relay this stuff to you. And like you say, it's I, I mean I don't know if this one was I'm, I'm sure that a lot of it was quite improvised, but I think because mm-hmm. of the the way it ends is such a I don't want to give anything away, but there's such a beautiful kind of um, I don't know what it is. Whether, I can't remember whether it's improvised. I can't tell whether it's improvised. I mean, or whether it's scripted because it's so sort of perfect the way they sort of sew it up. And yeah, in, in mm. quite. A, I mean, it's quite a sort of. I don't want to say. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be a generalization to say this, but there's there's something a little bit sort of sen- over sentimental about it. But it really actually worked. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I feel like they might have had that as a beat to aim towards. But I don't know mm. if not if he, if they've improvised that entire ending. Then it's. I mean, it just that's it's gone up even further in my estimation now. But um, <laughs> I. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? I just I thought, um, like you say about the the coke can episode, which again for me sounds incredible. Um, <laughs> about the sort of just getting into the mindset of what one might experience if you were a coke can or indeed a tooth. What I liked about it is that they weren't obvious observations, so they weren't you know it wasn't right. like oh I don't know I don't know what are the obvious things that would happen to a tooth, but they weren't certainly things that would immediately come to mind, and that was I really enjoyed that. It was very sort of playful um, and. You said something about it, um, Freddie, and we're worried about damning it with sort of faint praise, and I'm about to do the same, but I really mean this in the best possible way, which is it sort of reminded me of the sort of best sort of children's shows that you right. might have watched when you were younger that were, <laughs> that, were, that were more than children's shows. You know what I mean? They weren't... Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I really don't mean to patronise it at all. I, um, I, I mean, you can tell I really enjoyed it. I thought it was brilliant. But um, it just had... 
that sort of level of something that I think a lot of people could enjoy it for lots of different reasons, basically. And mm. and then throwing that bit in with the expert, it like I say, it suddenly shifts from this sort of playful, um, I don't know, almost I don't know, almost sort of cartoonish thing to then mm. being like a you know very kind of um, adult grown up sort of investigative journalistic type or you know almost radio documentary type style thing. Um, and yeah, so. I don't know. I just um, I would I'd, I think I'd, I'd like to listen to more. Um, and I but I do I do wonder if it would have legs. But I don't know. I think I think there's so there are obviously so many so many inanimate objects and things that we are familiar with <laughs> in ways that we we're not as familiar with them in the ways that we might think we are. In fact, as you might find out listening to the show. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned the 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 kind of it reminds you of like you know a children's TV show that's more than a children's TV show because I I was having a conversation with a colleague of mine at work who's got two sons and she was trying to think of podcasts right. that they'd enjoy and I recommended this to her and I said I don't know for sure but this feels like the kind of thing <laughs> that you know they might like but what was really funny she came back and she went I really enjoyed it but I don't know if it would be too much for the kids in the sense that it's at that kind of like childlike wonder level yeah. that you have with inanimate objects but it is almost too abstract but i think yeah. that's where its strength comes in like it's not a comedy podcast it's not yeah it's not silly it's the premise is silly the premise is ultimately very silly but like the execution is so deep i guess yeah and you yeah. know like you say that there's the kind of like those kind of sentimental moments in it and stuff like that and i think that's wonderful but i'm glad i'm glad you both enjoyed it and i'm glad you you both uh seem to enjoy it for what it is which i think is um for something that's actually got quite a lot of depth to it it's it's nice to kind of take it at face value and kind of accept that it's totally fine to interview an inanimate object yes. and yeah. just works well i also <laughs> think it's a nice uh demonstration of a, a particular interview tactic which i think is probably could be in greater circulation uh, in interviews which is like ian Sherlock plays the role of someone who doesn't want to make any assumptions at all about the sentiments or feelings or even as yeah. you say freddie the the way in which they're referred to and <laughs> what i do find funny is even despite his best efforts a lot of the objects uh, produce quite flippant responses about <laughs> that maybe his assumptions yeah. as they come in but it's actually there's a really nice dynamic where ian is 100 percent with like both hands grabbing this opportunity to play this very humble like unassuming uh, and and quietly inquisitive man so i think it's it's he kind w- of reminds me of uh louis theroux in the early days before louis <laughs> theroux kind of got that confidence around yeah. like his his interviews especially like you know, when he went back to interview, like, the Westboro Baptist Church for, like, the 15th time or whatever, and, like, he was super kind of... He wasn't afraid to talk back, but, like, in the yeah. early days, he <laughs> yeah. had that kind of real humble approach, didn't he? And, yeah. and, and even Which in was spite better. of... Yeah, yeah exactly. Think, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, well, I'm glad, I'm glad everyone enjoyed it. Richard, tell us about your recommendation. So, mine... And, I, again, because I wasn't sure, you know, uh, too much how this worked. I wasn't sure if you did review... Um, dramatic podcasts or fiction podcasts but um i think i was a bit silly to assume that and but anyway hopefully uh, <laughs> you were happy with my suggestion which is a fictional podcast and i sort of suggested it primarily because i know there are lots out there and there are lots that have, have been very popular um and have done very well but but i and, I, and again because i haven't listened to too many recently i don't know how many more and how much better they're getting but i know certainly you know a year or two ago 
when I was listening to more podcasts, I uh, found it very hard to find a good fictional podcast. I know that um, it's been a difficult thing to kind of pull off for people that have been trying to do it. Um, but mm. this one just, for me, just got it absolutely spot on. It's a, a genre that appeals to me. It's, it's about, you know, sort of science fiction. It's about sort of slightly to do with artificial intelligence. And the key thing about it is that there's a, a central premise, the central concept to it is so perfectly created with the podcast in mind. So that mm. kind of combination of um, the sort of um, the conceit and brilliant use of the medium of podcasting just comes together in this brilliant story, which I realize I haven't even mentioned anything about yet. So I'll tell you, um, <laughs> it is, did I even say the name of the show? It's called um, Life After, and it's essentially a story about, um, and I can't say too much because it, it has so many twists and it sort of unravels in, in, um, across the course of 10 episodes. Um, but essentially, it's a story about a man who we meet at the beginning, and we're told that his wife uh, had passed away um, eight months previously, and he's not quite got over it. And I mean, why should he? It's only been eight months, but he, he hasn't moved on at all, and he's still wearing his wedding ring and all this sort of thing. And he keeps this um, these recordings of her sort of social media um, interactions, and there's a program in within the show that is basically like, a, I guess it's like a Twitter, but it's, it's audio clips instead of um, mm. text. So he has this kind of repository of her sort of, you know, last few years of, of, of on social media with the message she's left to other people messages she's left to him and it's all kind of in a way it's quite impersonal but he obviously listens back to them because it's got her voice and and some of them are sort of directly towards him and it's, it comforts him and then at the again i can't really say what happens because it's even the first episode there's a kind of twist at the end of the first episode that, which sets the story off um and it there becomes this... Oh, actually, I don't know. Should we... Because there's so much that I'd like to talk about it or mention about it that... I don't know. Should I give the twist away? That, I, is that, I reckon it's early that enough obvious? on that yeah, you can okay. get away with it. Right. Hmm. So, so he's listening to these messages of his dead wife. And then at the end of the sort of first episode, the message starts speaking back to him or the, the voice of the messages starts speaking back to him. And, and he realises that somehow, for some reason it's kind of mutated into a, uh, a sort of AI, uh, sort of simulacrum of his dead wife. So he is then kind of now sort of occupied in, in one ear by the voice of uh, his, his dead wife, who is now having conversations with him. And so as the story expands, it becomes, it seems at first that it's about, you know, the kind of where's the future of social media heading and, and this idea of um, how people can survive death or how loved ones can keep their um dead loved ones alive in one way or another mm. but actually it, it, what's really clever is that it becomes more about how the sort of difference between how you remember your relationship how you remember the people that have died and the reality with what that was actually like and so what happens is he he almost kind of ends up he's falling in love with his sort of idealized memory of his wife but not actually his wife and i mean that more ah. than obviously not his actual wife in terms of it's just a a kind of a ai um, but actually on the level that he's even sort of, you know, it, it encourages him to sort of misremember the reality of what his relationship was like. And it's it's very much like, it's quite, you know, even though it's done in a brilliantly modern way, it's quite a, you know, it's, a, it's just the age-old story of, um, 
you know, like the Rashomon thing where it's just different perspectives of the same experience. And uh, do you know, mm. do you watch the film 500 Days of Summer? Yes. Yes. Um, yes. So it's, it's kind of similar to that as well, where he has this kind of romanticized vision of what their relationship was like, but actually it was kind of a lot of the time, you know, there were signs and signals that he wasn't picking up off his uh, girlfriend or the, the girl he was kind of seeing at the time. Um, and so what's going on really is that he, Oh uh, yeah, actually I can't say anymore. Um, but <laughs> I just because um, I could talk you through the whole thing. I just I don't know. I just I thought it was it's it's very high quality. It's uh, it's done by a company called GE Podcast Theatre, who are I think that GE I think in fact stands for General Electric. So that it's a mm. big um, production company or sort of affiliate of a, of a big production conglomerate and written by Mac Rogers, who um, is a brilliant writer from what I gather. Mm-hmm. And actually to my embarrassment, well, after I told you about this series, I didn't realize it was the second series, but not of the same story. So he's written another series that came out before called the message, which also sounds brilliant. Um, yeah. Uh, which I recommend. I say recommend without even having heard it. But I recommend <laughs> uh, of how good this one is. I imagine it's also quite good. Um, so yeah, I just um, I was kind of blown away by it. And, and the thing was, it was because I had tried other fictional podcasts and I hadn't really taken to them. And, and then until I uh, this was the first one. And, and the thing about it being so perfect for podcasts is that, of course, you have the voice of his wife in your ear as well. So you kind of get the sense of what he's going through because he he has it on sort of permanently on in his ear in her ear. So wherever he goes, he then you know this this woman will speak to him. Mm. No, that is a a really really good introduction. Um, you, you, yeah, that's that's the that's the kind of level of detail we hope for here on episode party. Um, no, you you're totally right, Richard. I think this um, we kind of identified actually in the last episode we recorded, which isn't out yet, but will be by the time everyone is listening to this one. Uh, that we we don't cover a lot of fiction podcasts there seems to be a bit right. of a blind spot for us i think we've we've covered homecoming before is that right jack we've, no, we've covered homecoming no not yet no <laughs> have we not no 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 that well that no <laughs> no we haven't you without right. getting we haven't. into episode party administration we haven't right no okay um but but we it has come up but in the past and i think we we've, we've personally discussed it um yes. but anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> we, it is a bit of a blind spot for us so this is this is brilliant that this this came up and it's and it's oh, one cool. that i completely wasn't aware of and um as jack will tell you i i like to run things up to the wire when it comes to listening to recommendations yes. before we sit down to record these uh mm. these episodes so uh, i was listening to uh this on the way into work this morning right. and on the way out of work i picked up like the last five minutes of episode one and that last five minutes meant that for the rest of the journey i was about to go and listen to something else and then i I was like no no no, i've got to listen to episode two straight away because actually the first kind of like you know i think it's about half an hour or so and the first kind of half hour or so sets up the the episode really well you get a real good background on on ross and you get a feel for the kind of person he is and where he is in his life and what he's feeling but the last five minutes where it all turns and the narrative really kicks in um is is just brilliant like it's just really really good (laughs) and um and and then so going straight into episode two was was a must and and it really didn't disappoint and i think yeah you you picked up on it on the end there richard which is the the really interesting use of the medium which was i was i was literally walking to my car with my my earphones in and i was thinking how amazingly clever this is which is that you can hear ross's wife charlie as 
Ross would hear her in his earphones while he's simultaneously trying to live his life in, in yes. the real in the real world as opposed to this kind of simulation that's going on through his through his headphones mm. and i think what what's lovely about it is those those tiny little bits where the um the audio kind of like stutters yeah. um which he picks up on but i think like, also just serves as this reminder that this this person isn't there even though they are there and actually the first few times that happens and ross asks charlie his his dead wife if everything's okay she almost ignores it as if it's like not happening and it and the whole the whole way they play on all of that i think is so so good um and i'm i'm really excited to listen to the 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 other episodes i'm yeah like i said i think i'm about halfway through this episode too and i'm I'm super excited to get through the next the next eight so uh great lots more to come lots more to come uh Jack, how did you feel about it? Uh, well, I was completely taken for a fool in the beginning. I thought there was a, a, a sponsor advert for this new social media called Voice Tree, which oh, yeah. <laughs> made total sense to me as like a product. I was like, surely it's only inevi- inevitable that there's a big product that comes in and capitalises on the voice as its primary mode of communication. And the way that it slots straight into the story, I was like, ah, no. I'm being foolish. But also, actually, while it's on my mind, I mean, the podcast is pretty immense for that. And I think if you listen to a lot of podcasts, you get very used to having these almost ritualistic transitions in and out of your uh, uh, reality, like prior to listening to the podcast. So you get the introduction where they say what it is and they kind of guide you gradually into the show. And there's even often a point where the narrator goes, all right, on with the show or something like that, (laughs) you know, in case you haven't noticed. And then at the end, uh, you get the credits. I mean, the way that this episode ended, I think for me, almost gave me the bends. The way that it drops you back in to Mm. silence and reality, I I think makes that ending even more rattling. I think that was what... I still felt the imprint of it kind of in the uh, gym changing room as I was just finishing up the episode. And I was like, oh, Christ, I don't feel like I'm quite ready to (laughs) exist in the the real world. I'm used to being guided out. But um, I thought it was, and you've both said it, plentifully but the production is amazing uh the the way that you do have the voice of charlie in his ear but you're simultaneously uh, able to hear the conversations he's having externally as well as an internal monologue that he's having with himself and the yes. way that they managed to use audio to uh, portray all of those different things uh, and not have it get i mean it, it gets incoherent only so much as the story asks for it to where ross is getting confused but yeah, y- yeah. You, you very much embody that 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 circumstance. Um, it definitely, and I think I brought this up last time, as in on the last episode of Episode Party, which is a bit embarrassing. I do watch more TV shows, but Black Mirror <laughs> came up in my head again. As yeah, for me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> it's not just me, but there's a particular episode, Be Right Back, which kind of deals with yeah. how social media has a, a, a very profound imprint on the passage of, of grief uh, and and uh, our perceptions of, of people. I mean, I get the impression that it's about to take, a from what you're saying, Richard, a, a tangent into different territory 
territory but also mm. as well that film her as well the spike yeah. jones one where yeah. you know he's kind of strolling around the streets but with someone with whom he is intimate or romantically linked kind of in his ear and not entirely human but just kind of enough human that he he feels like he has a rapport i also as well i mean the frustrating thing is with it ending so abruptly is that you don't get like a cast list at all and i was scrabbling around the internet to see who's in it because i was you know really impressed with the performances yeah did you find out yeah there's uh, a reddit thread where everyone's going oh, right. what the hell is the cast and then i think <laughs> in the very last episode they lay it all out and someone had posted it all there i, I personally didn't actually recognize any of the names but um i was right. particularly struck by charlie's performance which is one of those ones where she's playing a a 21st century iteration of ai where she has human qualities but still a kind of monotone drawl which sort of betrays her her you know artificial nature um i i i thought it was just fabulous Uh, really quite rattling to be honest um i mean the music as well i'm someone who responds a lot to the the music as it inhabits podcasts I mean, it, it's sort of uh, the music almost filters into the the air of the locations on the podcast, so it, you kind of hear it rumbling in almost like a breeze, and it's that mm. sort of ambient, very reverberant music, but one that instead of just kind of like suggesting emotions, just sort of feels almost like it's embodying the sensation of them more. Like mm. you, I did, did feel quite panicked and or, or quite you know full of dread at points at which. I felt it was appropriate to do so, but you almost do feel Ross's blood run cold with yours. So mm. I'm absolutely going to keep listening to this, and I'm uh, most of the way through the second episode, and it's definitely going at a pace that makes me think that the revelations and twists and turns are, are going to be uh, constant. I mean, have you listened to the whole thing, Richard? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, uh, when it, it's about, maybe about a year or so ago now um, that I heard it, so um, my memory's a little bit hazy. I remember how it ends, but I can't remember the build-up and how how we get there but um the the thing i would say is it's also sort of there's a couple of fictional uh, podcasts that seem to be endless and i don't know how i've never <laughs> sort of you know, to keep keep up with them you know some onto their sort of sixth or seventh season that, whereas this is you know it's 10 episodes they're about half an hour i think each um and it's it's just a sort of i think you were saying fred as well it's just the, the writing in it's just brilliantly kind of um considered so I think it's the equivalent of a very good TV drama, but as a mm. podcast, and that you know mm. that is a rarity. I think to find in this sphere because it's just, I guess, it's quite expensive to make this, and you, I don't think they tend to get as much attention as the other sort of non-fiction drama-based shows. So yeah, yeah this, I mean, while there some play, people are still taking a punt to making these kind of things, this is a real sort of hidden gem. I think. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That uh, I, I wonder if people just aren't. Uh, I'm talking about just people generally aren't, aren't fully versed in the fact that podcasts can offer this form of of entertainment. I mean, don't know if you've had experiences like this, Richard, but there have been a couple I've started and stopped quite quickly early on because they haven't hit the spot but mm. i do feel like there's probably especially now you've recommended this one as well which i was entirely unaware of before listening i feel like there's probably a lot i'm i'm missing out on yeah i want i wonder the same because like i said I, it, if i haven't really sort of gone back to to see the last sort of year or so if anything new like this has come out but um 
I, I mean, I think there was another show, I think it's called the, oh God, is it the Big the Big Loop or something like that? It's a new story-based show written by the person who, uh, God, I can't remember his name. Uh, he might have been the creator of the Black Tapes. Each episode is a, it's a standalone story. So it's kind of almost like short stories that are acting, you know, it's like a sort of, this is more like an audio drama for me. This is more like a sort of, almost like a, you know, radio play in the old days that you might have listened to. Um, yeah. I don't know if I could, I can't think of anything to compare it to. I don't know if it's something that in the past we had sort of radio plays or you had audio dramas, but this is just feels much more radio plays. I don't, again, don't want to be dismissive, but they always felt a little bit kind of lightweight in terms of the quality of writing compared to something you might find on TV or a film, mm, for example, yes. or, or a real play, you know, a, a, a visual play you might watch at the theatre. Um, but this actually feels like the standard of writing and the, the, the plotting and the way that they've kind of, like you say, the attention to detail, the music, etc. It feels like it's been given that as much care and attention as something you might find in a, a more kind of widely uh, watched or listened to kind of medium. Totally. And I do wonder if it's benefiting from the sort of reassessment of quality of serialised drama. Yeah. yeah, I think might be, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, mm. I'm, I'm a late come at all this but i've just funnily enough just finished watching the tv version of homecoming which is a, a podcast that um right. you mentioned freddie the fictionalized mm. podcast yeah but the production quality and obviously it's julia roberts as well i you know mm. I, I don't watch a lot of this like very high production drama that they're doing on amazon and netflix but i was like christ this is i mean this is now just cinematic quality that quality yeah. there is absolutely yeah. no difference at all no not at all yeah yeah, I think I think I think there's a lot to be said for um of how these things are turning out and I think one of the one of the really key things that you mentioned Richard was the the, the length of it which is that rather than trying to go for a real longevity thing and going for yeah. kind of you know however many seasons 6 7 seasons or whatever 10 episodes is is perfect and some of the the best TV that I've ever watched you know just knew when to stop you yeah. know when <laughs> what are when you a thinking school, of there Freddie I might I might be thinking <laughs> of the UK office but um <laughs> <laughs> um which 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 was perfectly right to stop after two seasons but i think i think these things can really fade in terms of in terms of where they are and i think being compact and not leaving themselves too open is is a real good thing which takes us nicely onto a, a podcast that's been going on for eight whole years um <laughs> so no idea when when to stop but this is a podcast called stuff to blow your mind and it's part of the how stuff works family that also contains podcasts like stuff you should know and stuff mum never told you and it's very much in the style of those podcasts which is you have two hosts taking a topic and essentially discussing it between them i mean i get the impression they go away and and do their research and kind of swap thoughts on it but get together and just chat through the notes that they've made which sounds like an almost quite a drab way to approach certain subjects but actually turns out i think being incredibly digestible I mean, the fact you've got two voices, I think, makes sure that it remains comprehensible to an outsider because you've always got someone else qualifying, but also keeps it conversational. So it's like just hearing friends having a chat. So uh, this particular podcast has a kind of quite nebulous theme and it covers a lot of different ground, but it describes itself as a show that explores neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels and the technological underpinnings of our transhuman future. So, catchy. And, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I've found in the episodes that I've really responded to, it takes quite grand ideas like 
immortality in the case of the the episode that i put out here uh and kind of confronts our own ability to comprehend them and the way that they kind of get distilled down into uh, human knowledge and human understanding um and in a way in fact i i kind of see it having a certain kinship uh with your podcast richard in the sense that it mm. kind of explores events and ideas that sort of evade or, or spill outside of our quite stunted human vocabulary of of reasoning i mean yeah. it's obviously an entirely different uh, podcast and it's probably just the fact that i've been listening to them in quick succession but there's certainly a line that that i felt i was drawing as i was listening to them back to back but um uh, as i say it's been going since 2010 and presenter robert lamb has been there Amazing. the entire time yeah i mean that's mm. ludicrous um <laughs> there's been other hosts coming and going like his co-hosts but uh currently it's joe mccormick who's been on the team since 2015 and this episode's about quantum immortality which um if you've been listening to the podcast for a while it that episode title just sounds like it's from a an episode named generator or something it's like two <laughs> buzzwords from the podcast but um you can tell they've covered a lot of ground on the podcast already because when they start they they start just with the concept of immortality and and briefly run through a few other times that they've discussed it before on the podcast from the perspective of religion through certain science fiction uh, through uh, philosophy as well um, and then from there it, it takes this kind of quite methodical journey through describing uh, quantum mechanical theory and uh, its kind of relationship to more macro uh, level Newtonian physics uh, and then it it goes then from there to, to, to describe this experiment which I won't go into in loads of detail because it, it did take them an hour and I don't really <laughs> fancy putting that on everyone <laughs> but it, it comes together in this thought experiment where they're still doing it now though, as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's still processing it but um, it, it ends up in this thought experiment on on how there's a version of you that forever continues to exist and branches off into this version of reality that always has a conscious you in it uh, and even from there it then goes on on this tangent that ends up around save files in computer games which i've come to terms with the fact that this podcast has a title but then never stays that tight on the rails it's always quite willing to spill off into a tangent as it sees fit and the title rather than being the thing that goes round the edge of the boundary to tell you what the podcast is about is almost like a, a the mean of the podcast yeah. it's the thing that gets discussed most often but there's nothing saying that it's not you know like a couple of people in a pub gonna occasionally just spill off the agenda if the moment calls for it and i think that's largely because they're just so they're loving what they're talking Talking about, I mean, Robert, you can tell lives this stuff. If ever he talks about, uh, you know, his uh, TV shows he's interested in, or books, or you know, what he was doing when he was growing up, I mean, he's been having these kind of thoughts and uh, has been interested in this for, I, I think, basically since he came out the womb. Uh, and I think hearing people talking with that kind of fervor about subjects that personally I find very interesting as well um, is always going to chime with me. So it's a podcast that I really enjoy. Not every episode, I should say. There are some that uh, when I've got into them, I've, I've discovered that it's not exactly the kind of thing uh, that interests me. But for the most part, it's a it's a hit. So, Richard, what did you reckon? So for me, uh, I, I've only listened to this one episode that you suggested, and it's I, I absolutely love uh, any opportunity to sort of have my mind refreshed on this sort of topic. I mean, I've, I've sort of 
similarly to uh, the guy on the podcast, I've sort of fascinated by all these lots of sort of different um, strange uh, sort of scientific ideas and particularly physics and quantum physics and that sort of stuff. But I am also a complete layperson when it comes to that. And you know, as much as I like to think I've kind of got a general grasp of these ideas, I feel like every week I have to read it up again before yeah, I forget same. it. Same. <laughs> and so, yeah, and uh, so I'm always having to kind of you know, if I were to ever, I'm sort of. I'm surprised. I'm actually wasn't sure what they did or what the sort of expertise was because it felt like they certainly had enough knowledge and confidence in the subject of what is quite a sort of complicated subject to be able to talk about it confidently. So, you know, talking about shows that uh, I don't like to listen to because I'm jealous and have the idea, I felt like this was fine because I didn't think I was, I'd be able to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I could, I'm much, this is why, you know, I script my shows quite heavily and I, I because I, you know, I need to be absolutely sure that what comes out of my mouth is correct or you know correct as far as i sort of know it to be um you know sort of it scares me the idea of having to discuss anything sort of more complicated uh than that and uh <laughs> that you know you might end up saying something that just sounds ridiculous when you you know listen back to it and sadly it's then recorded <laughs> forever um so i mean i yeah I, I and i think your point as well about um having trust in these two people that are presenting you know i kind of felt like even if they weren't absolute experts in the subject matter i kind of felt confident in them that that i sort of trusted what they saying and what their ideas were about it and the sort of things that interested them them were kind of similar to things that interest me um and i was really annoyed in fact that as well that they'd uh brought up the fact that um I want to say Kenny Everett, but it's Hugh Everett, the third, who sort of uh, conceptualised the many worlds interpretation theory that they discuss, is the dad of the lead singer from the Eels. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I've known that for so long and I've never had a chance to tell anyone. And and I thought, like, oh, God, I know I'm going to get them with this. And then they they mention it. (laughs) So, um, but, um, yeah, no, I just, I really enjoyed it. I mean, um, I don't know how often I would sort of find myself gravitating to that show in particular if I needed to find something. Because I think, I suppose, when I find that I need to know something, and I do discuss sort of similar ideas sometimes in the podcast, and I've written about them in the book, you know, I want to be absolutely sure that I'm getting it from the experts. So they discussed Max Tegmark and a book he wrote recently. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'd, I'd kind of feel more like I'd have to consult that um, right, rather yes. than listen to someone talking about that in, in a way. Um, yeah. So... I kind of enjoyed it for what it was, but I wondered, I don't know if it's something that I would turn to, to inform myself, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, it, what's worrying, Richard, is you described yourself as a, as a layperson when you <laughs> come to this stuff. And if you're a layperson, I, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> well, what, I don't know what to make <laughs> yeah. of my own understanding of these things. I, I've, I have read. I just err on the a, side of caution always when it comes to that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have read up about quantum physics and 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 these sorts of things on so many occasions now, and I, I still can't quite get my head around it. And I think this was probably the closest I've got, which was good, and I think. I think that that is uh, to the show's credit because uh you know like we said you know and jack you said as well you know it's hosted by two people who are clearly a extremely confident in what they're talking about but b clearly love it 
and and that comes across in a way that doesn't feel like I'm being lectured. It doesn't feel mm. um, smarmy on their behalf or anything like that. Um, it's they're almost annoyingly good at, at discussing things together. Yeah, and yeah. I I actually really appreciated those small moments where they kind of went off on a tangent for a second or made asides about you know the, the you know design viability of a of a suicide machine, you know, and, and those kind of things. And I I I I really appreciated that because I felt like it brought it back to a reality that I could probably get on board with a little bit more. But yeah, this felt like really familiar territory to me after, you know, we've we've discussed very early on, I think episode 2 Jack we did stuff you should know. Yes. Is that right? Uh, yeah. yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. I oh, blame I did get that one right at least. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, we you know, and and this feels like, you know, remarkably similar territory. Obviously it comes from the the same um the same network of podcasts. So that didn't surprise me and I think almost it it was kind of like to me it felt, you know, like a, a like a good cousin of it in the sense that it it took um a slightly different tax in terms of subject matter and it, and it discussed stuff that actually i was really really interested in but couldn't quite get my head around whereas i feel like stuff you should know discuss is stuff that is really interesting but it's quite easy to get your head around you know it's it's not it's not as complex as this and actually i really really enjoyed uh having two people who were clearly very well researched but also very confident talk about something that i didn't really understand mm. in a way that didn't make me feel extremely stupid I, I i hesitate to say didn't make me feel stupid because i still feel stupid now but it didn't make me feel so stupid that i had to switch off and i think there there's probably there's probably a balance there that they're striking um yeah, whether they totally. know it or not yeah that's and i think true, yeah. with all these things it's really hard to to do that and i think that that is something that you can really credit it with particularly if your head is swimming inside this stuff all the time i mean they they you know they use references i i did you know they they do reference films and television programs and fictional characters uh, with whom I have no familiarity at all, which is fine <laughs> because it's like a, a brief little quip, a, a, like a little joke that a few mm-hmm. people will get, but it's not that sort of level of assumed knowledge which is governing the flow of the entire show because that's when it will become problematic and incredibly niche. But yeah. obviously the fact that it's part of the How Stuff Works family means that it's a, appealing to you know people like me and freddie and uh, maybe to a, a you know a t- as you as well richard yeah, does, feel like yeah. A, yeah which is which is great i i think it's wonderful that they can approach a whole show about quantum immortality and have it sort of done one step at a time and and there was a point in my car as they sort of got to the point where they brought both the quantum and the immortality together where i went oh like because <laughs> I, I you know I was so satisfied with myself that I'd, i sort of understood what they were they were talking yeah. about no, they did a brilliant job of um, sort of escalating the complexity of what they're talking about. So, you, you know, they sort of lay the, the groundwork for you to still sort of be with them when they're now talking about quite complicated concepts mm-hmm. towards the end. Um, no, I think I think they're actually, you know, kind of brilliant at what they're doing. I, I mean, my... that. I, and I don't want it to be a criticism because I I don't sort of criticise the show. I think the show is good. It's just more that if like, you know that point about it, if I was looking for the information, I'd have to feel confident that, that I was getting it from someone that, that knew that did that for a living, I suppose. But then you know, maybe that, as far as I knew, I thought they did do that for a living. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not the one to judge. So. Well, no, no, absolutely. But what you would do, I imagine, is is perhaps go to 
someone who's written a book as you've said and which segues very neatly into the fact that you've written a book richard yes uh, <laughs> that was very smooth very skillful yeah. wasn't it thank you um so this is on the uh i mean it bears the same title as your wonderful podcast we you can say that thank it's you. wonderful again um <laughs> about strange and mysterious real life events that continue to evade explanation i mean firstly uh, i mean how does it feel to i mean a have the book out if you could tell us a bit about what the book is but but also i mean just to be outside of that cycle of of writing it and probably poring over a massive manuscript for you know months on end um and banging my head against the wall (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's an essential step as well (laughs) um i uh yeah it's a it's a kind of huge relief but it's a strange it's a strange relief in that it's not it's sort of always immediately apparent when the relief has come because it it doesn't feel like in a way well okay so essentially let's start with the book itself so the book is basically an extension of the podcast um you know uh, i'm assuming people might know the show unexplained which is essentially about uh, as you say each um, episode is it centers around one different story of an usually an apparent sort of su- supposed paranormal or supernatural event or um uh, story and then i sort of sometimes use that as an opportunity to kind of explore sort of broader ideas that i've kind of that that story has sort of provoked in, in one way or another and so the book is really is is completely just an extension of that where the stories are longer there's a bit of a more academic approach to the sort of broader ideas that are discussed um so I think mean, talking about you know the, the um, stuff to blow your mind and having the confidence to talk about this kind of subject matter. I, you know, talking in a podcast about various things that you find interesting or things that have influenced you, um, or referencing you know even just referencing a film or something. Instead of the thing about the, the podcast, it makes it. I, I mean, and it still exists. It's still there online. People can go back and listen to it and refer back to something you've said. But in the moment of recording it, it everything feels much more ephemeral, and yes. you can just kind of put it out there. And and it's really just you know, oh, I'm just saying this because someone else might find it interesting, and then they can go and do the, the hard work to actually, <laughs> you know, interrogate whether I actually know what I'm talking about or to find out more about it. Whereas when you're putting it into a book, it suddenly feels much more real and permanent. And you have to, I felt like the need to be absolutely sure of what I was saying. And so it was kind of, it got to this point where I felt like each chapter was almost, I was having to kind of, in some cases, restudy or relearn, but in in many cases, learn from scratch kind of ideas, really get to grips with ideas that I only really kind of had a a sort of superficial understanding of. Um, And so I can tell you it it was a relief to have that, bit done so that was in a way it was kind of like doing a you know like doing another sort of dissertation at school and i always sort of or university i always kind of um dreaded that i dreaded uh, <laughs> having to that felt a lot more like work than a kind of any kind of enjoyable you know like writing a story in the way that writing a story is enjoyable so <laughs> it's kind of nice to have um to have that done and then of course because of my idiot brain it's sort of i put all that effort in and then you know a couple months later i've forgotten it all again um <laughs> so i have to reread my own book to re-educate myself um but i um the thing is when the book came out it's like you know you're sort of um there's a lot that comes with it so you you're re-editing stuff for quite a long time so you do the first draft and then that comes back and there are about two or three different drafts and then there's a copy edit and then there's a um, a proofread and lots of stuff so it it takes a long time before it feels like you're kind of done and completed and even up to the point where the book is um, almost on the shelf 
you're kind of clearing pictures and clearing quotes and things. Oh, um, yeah. So it's sort of once it was out, then I'm kind of then I was doing lots of talks and uh, I was I went to a few book festivals and I was talking at some bookshops and things, which I absolutely loved and I really loved doing that and I'd like the opportunity to sort of do more of that because in a way I tried to make. I was playing this idea of, of doing a sort of live, almost live, unexplained performance, and um, or not really a performance, but a talk. And um, so, even though the book was out, I sort of still felt like I was, in a way, doing the book. Um, <laughs> and um, so, it's only now, really, that you know, about a month later after the book was published, that I feel like that's kind of a done thing. But now I'm about to start going into. I'm already writing the next series of Unexplained. So I guess I'm complaining basically about having a job and doing a job that I like (laughs) (laughs) and uh, making a living out of it. So I think I should stop. (laughs) It's been, you know, it's obviously a wonderful thing to do, to have the opportunity to have a book and and have it out. And it it is, but I suppose what I would say is that you weirdly, I always imagine this moment of kind of going to a bookshop and seeing it on the shelf and um, but having spent all that time when you write, when I write a book, I don't know if this is a common thing, but I, I kind of feel like now I just don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to see. I don't want to. So this, you know, I've read through it like I must have read it, you know, a thousand times to kind of make sure I've got things right and re-edited it and stuff. So um, it sort of has this strange effect where you you've always dreamt of having this physical thing that you've created and put there, and then once it's there, it's sort of you, you'd almost want to ignore it. Um, I hope that's not what having children is like, but um, um, <laughs> a little bit like that. <laughs> what strikes me is obviously that your podcasts are so packed with detail uh, mm. that the the fact that you would feel even more pressure to add more detail uh, for the the written page. Yeah. I mean, w- was there a, was it easy to just let it go and say right? that's enough, I've written enough, that's enough detail? No, it's sort of, um, I felt, you know, I wanted to make something for the listeners of the show that they could really enjoy and that'd be worth them, you know, paying for and, and it would be different to the show in, in a way. There have been a few kind of books of podcasts and, and they take essentially just transcripts from the podcast. Right. Um, so it's really important to me to that there were, you know, there were new stories and that there was stuff in there that was more detailed and a bit more, there was just a bit more could have involved, I suppose. And um, as you're writing, I think I felt like it had to be a certain amount of words for each chapter. And But I wasn't really sure what that would be. So I think I'm sure in the contract early on, there was a sort of specification for how many words the book was supposed to be. But I kind of felt like I just had to try and put everything down. And, and also because it's, it's the first book I've ever written, I hope the first of others. But um, the sort of you know the instinct to want to put everything down you've ever thought ever about anything um, (laughs) is really overwhelming because you just think what if this is the only time i ever get to to write a book and and (laughs) you know there's so many things i want to say about you know lots of different things um and so because i sort of reminded myself that you know this is uh you know you've only got a finite amount of words you can use and um and obviously having a good editor really helped so um i uh my editor, um, Emma Herman, was um, really fantastic and very patient with me and sort of just saying, like, you know, there's 2,000 words here you don't need. Get rid of them. Um, <laughs> which sounds horrific for anyone who's, you know, tries to write anything. But um, I actually really enjoyed that. I enjoyed – because when you write a podcast, you – well, 
my podcast anyway it's just me on my own so i don't really have any anyone to bounce ideas off or to sort of tell me when something's got a bit i don't know like baggy and not not as interesting as it could be and so i've kind of really valued having someone there to to sort of look at my stuff and tell me whether you know this bit was good and this bit is unnecessary and of course in the process of doing all that i hope it sort of made me a better writer as well so which Mm. can only be a good thing however you look at it um (laughs) so there was a it was a lot more work to make the book than it is to make the podcast um in a way because it also was it was condensed into a quite a short period of time whereas with the podcast i kind of feel a bit like i've got a bit more time with what i'm doing um and yeah so it's it definitely a very different experience even though essentially both are kind of just similar the way you know the writing's quite similar but just sort of mentally it felt like a more of a responsibility 100 percent, being a book and it's strange and it's stupid that it should do because you know i think that's just my sort of old pre-digital world mind you know that has it sort of feels that there's a, some sort of validation or credibility in the book that, that you don't get with a podcast, but it's, I think that's a sort of nonsense really. I think, you know, I think people will eventually, that won't be a thing. I don't think that'll be, that distinction won't be there. I think we'll, we'll kind of value them both equally. Hmm. hundred percent. I mean, uh, speaking of which, I mean, if people want to check out the podcast and the book, I mean, where's the best place for them to, to be headed? Thank you. The uh, So the podcast, Unexplained, is, I mean, it's on all the kind of usual um, locations or at all the usual locations, iTunes. Um, I think it's on, I managed to get it on Google Play finally. Um, it's on Spotify now. <laughs> um, hey. uh, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, all those places um you can go to unexplainedpodcast.com if you can actually download the episodes of that or listen to it directly from the website um and the book is available uh in uh all good bookstores you know so i think it's available <laughs> in um primarily i don't know waterstones foils uh, it's amazon online you can get it from there. waterstones online you can get it there um it's an audiobook as well um on an ebook too and I'm in the process of trying to finalise a deal to have it put out in America as well. So that oh, wow. hopefully will, yeah, that will hopefully be announced shortly. And it's quite exciting. I'd love, um, I'd love that to, to to get out there because I, I actually have quite a few of my listeners based in the UK, uh, the US. So it'd be really good to be able to put it out there. And the new series I will be starting in the next couple of months. I need to figure out yet. I haven't quite figured out which is the best day to start, but. Um, I hope to announce that soon as well. Great. Fantastic. Well, congrats again with the book and with the ongoing immensity of the podcast. And thank you so much for coming on today. It's just been awesome to to chat podcast with you, Richard. Yeah, no, Mm. you both too. It's been really great. Thanks for having me. And the the bonus of of being probably, I think, our last guest episode of of the year, Richard, is that you get to plug your book really close to Christmas. So (laughs) it's 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 fantastic timing in that sense. Um, If anyone, sorry, can I just add as well um, in terms of plugging? They're ten new stories as well, so they're not stories that have been on the podcast. Um, I always forget to say that. Ah, That's fabulous. (laughs) All the more reason to pick up a copy and uh, one for your gran or your auntie or your cousin. (laughs) same time as we're that close to christmas and if you want to find uh links to all of the episodes we've discussed as well as links to unexplained and rich's book you can find them all at episode.party on the internet um we're also at episode underscore party on twitter if you'd like to send any recommendations of podcasts your way um and i think 
that is about it, Jack, isn't it? That's about it. I haven't hosted for a while. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> right. Thanks again, Richard. It's been a real Thank pleasure. You. And uh, I've been Freddie Harrison. I've been Jack Tutor. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Hey everyone, Freddie here. If you're enjoying Episode Party, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It means a lot to us and it really helps us out. Thanks. Thanks.